0: Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this.
1: So over here in a lake here, and there's this uninterrupted landscape, and I physically got excited. It was like, oh, that's incredible. That's why I go on holiday, because... God did all his beauty in people in the Netherlands. He did it. He made you beautiful, but he forgot about the landscape a little bit. But it's okay. <laughs> we forgive him. <laughs> I love the Netherlands. But, but there were many Adam and Eamon moments for those Dutch people. That, I love that word. That Oh, my goodness. And there was a road from Lake Tahoe to Mammoth Lakes on a little route called Route 89. And there was a moment there where... I just saw an uninterrupted landscape and I stood and stared and I thought, I want to explore this, this beauty, absolutely incredible. And I don't know what it is about you, about what you like about wide open spaces. For some of you, it'd be like, let's get on my horse and go galloping. For some of you, it'd be like, let's take ground. I feel like I'm a conqueror. For others of us, we just feel like, oh, I can breathe. I can see. There's something beautiful about a wide open space. And that's where I want to take you today. Because when I got back home, feet in the ground, back in my house, what I found obviously as God does with you is he takes the natural that you've experienced and he puts on a supernatural dimension to it, a spiritual dimension. And he said into my heart, so Lisby, you saw these landscapes. So what landscape do you see in your spirit now that you're back? Do you see what I see? Do you see the harvest? Do you see the the geography where I've put you? Do you see the desperate need? Do you see the the, the multi-locations that we're going to create? And what is obstructing your view? Where are your blind spots in faith for believing what I'm able to do? And he said to me, Lisby, the higher you climb in me, the greater the vantage point. And that goes for all of us. So I want us all to go there. The higher we climb in God, which sometimes is hard work, but the higher we keep pushing into him and loving him and doing the journey, the greater we're going to see. We're going to see an uninterrupted landscape. And I don't know what your internal landscape looks like, whether you look out and go, I don't see beyond my nose. God's saying to you today, he's got a spacious place. Love the scripture in Psalm where it says, God, God, he took hold of me, and he rescued me, and he brought me into a spacious place because he loves me. And that's the scripture over you this morning, completely. So, um, this, God's been saying to me, what, you know, what's, what's your promised land, Lisby? Why can't, why can't sometimes you see what's blocking it? Now, for me to understand something well, I have to invert the concept. So, if I'm looking at sight, what do I see? I have to look at, well, what is blindness about? Because somewhere in understanding blindness, I'm going to get a key to my sight. So I've taken hold of the Word of God in the last few weeks, and I've flicked through and looked at blindness and how Isaiah prophesied Jesus coming, the Messiah, who's going to open the eyes of the blind, not just physically but internally, that he brings an internal freedom. When you're released from blindness in your life, it brings you freedom. When you can suddenly see the power of worship, and how incredible it is, and how awe-inspiring it is. It opens the door to a place of freedom. And so um, I, I, I've been looking at Jesus' words constantly when referring to seeing blind people healed. It was about their faith. Your faith has healed you. You, you can see because of your faith. It's this sense that, 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 that Jesus is looking at our spiritual and our natural s- sense and saying, I want to release you to see, And I know that my journey with Christ and my journey in C3 and journey in church has been a constant unfolding of light in here. Things I didn't realize, things I wasn't aware of, things I didn't see, things I was blind to. God has been committed to releasing me from. It was very quiet. <laughs> You're waiting for an example. I'm not giving one quite yet. <laughs> so so what is a blind spot? Well, I didn't know, and I was blind to the fact that we actually do have a blind spot in our eye. So, um, so Ben, come here. Just, so, turn around. Just turn around. So, so in, in your eye, I, mean, I would love to point stick my finger right in it. But in, in, your, in your eye, let's <laughs> see what happens. In your retina, in your eye here, there's a tiny little hole. There's a gap. It's a blank gap. It's the size of a pencil eraser, about this big. And you can't see through it. There's no photoreceptors there at all. But because your brain's so smart, it can can sort of bring the images together. So you see, where actually physically you can't see, but your brain's so smart, thank you, um, that that, that it it gives the impression that you've got amazing vision. But there is a part in your eye where you can't see, and you can do a little thing on Google where you you, you have a cross and a naught. And it says, okay, you can find your blind spot because you cover one up and you look at the other one and as you move up and down, you'll suddenly find that the cross disappears. And then you move a bit and it's back again. And you go, whoa, I've got a blind spot. So for natural, so for spiritual. And, you know, I know if I'm in a car and I'm not paying attention and I check my mirrors but I haven't checked behind my shoulder, I have the capacity to have an accident or crash if I don't know my blind spot. Same, same in the natural, same in the spiritual and physical, that we have to understand our blind spots in life, in ourselves, in who we are, because otherwise we might crash or hit someone else and not realize it. And sometimes our blind spots, we're not aware of them, so we don't understand the consequence of living out of them. That's a, that's a thought for you. So we have blind spots of our and gaps Gaps and spaces in our perceptions of who we think we are, who, who I think you are. Um, we have blind spots about who we think God is that we're not, we're, not, we're not aware of. There can be weaknesses in us that we need to become self-aware of. But it's a pointless question to say to yourself, what's my blind spot? Because you can't see it. You can't determine it. We need to ask ourselves the question and find help. But that help doesn't come from yourself. It comes from God. And that's why David said in Psalm 139, it was a blind spot prayer. He says, God, search me and know me and examine me and see if there's an offensive way, if there's a way that is obstructing my view, if there's a way that causes you to grieve. I need you to show me before my enemies do, before my wife does, before the prophet tells me. I need you to tell me because you're God and you love me perfectly. And it's better if God tells you something than somebody else does. Uh, which is why having such a soft heart to God is so important. And David says, you know, God, lead me in the way of lasting, Lead me in the way of life, not death, when it comes to my blind spots. Because he knew that a blind spot in him, whoa, in his life, in his battles, he could die from it. He needed to know even the um, tactics of his enemies, and God would show him. So it was a really important thing for him. And I know that when I've allowed God to work in my blind spot, Something has awakened in me, and it's connected me to my next step. There have been theological blind spots in me over the years, as there have been in yours. We don't understand everything about God when we get saved. There have been behavioral blind spots. I haven't realized that behaving like this has caused somebody that, for me, the consequences of me behaving like that has hurt someone, because I've been blind to it. And so every time God removes those blinkers, we take a next step into greater freedom, which is what is so beautiful. And I love what what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. He says, may the eyes of your heart be enlightened. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened to the hope that you've been called to to the inheritance that God has given you, to the incomparable great power to you who believe. Make sure that the eyes of you pray a prayer that the eyes of your heart, the internal being of you, is uh, your eyes are wide open and longing for illumination and not standing in the same place going, but I know it all, but I'm right, but this is where I'm at and this is where I'm staying. And so God's going, no, your life in God is a continual journey of the unfolding of light in Jesus. Amen. So um, if we don't confront the blind areas, we stay short-sighted, which means we stay in the dark, which means we stay small thinking and not big thinking. And we don't want to be small thinking. So I take you to a story of my home. I have a house. We have a house. It's not just mine. um, uh, And it has very high ceilings. Number one, it has high ceilings and we all keep the doors open all the time because we just like that. We like the fresh air. But number two is I'm short-sighted. I need glasses around my home and I don't put them on unless I'm watching Netflix because I can't be bothered because it's home and, you know, it's where you wear your clothes that no one, you know, want anyone to see you in and all that sort of stuff. So I can't be bothered. But the consequence of me not wearing my glasses is that all the little buggies from outside and the spiders and the cobwebs and the dragonflies, they all gather in the top part of my ceiling where I can't see them. And they spin webs, and they do all their stuff, and they live happily, and they multiply until you come in, hopefully, and say, Lisby, you haven't done your house cleaning. Or my kids who are not short-sighted, who don't actually tell me or remove them, um, <laughs> maybe go, oh, look, the spiders, but I'm unaware of them. Because they're in my blind spot, because I haven't got my glasses on. And the moment I put my glasses on, I go, oh, I don't believe it. Why didn't anyone tell me they were there? That's so embarrassing that you've walked into my house and not told me what I didn't see. Thank you, should <laughs> And when my eyes are wide open, I get into action. I get my vacuum cleaner out, and I suck them all up. My vacuum cleaner is largely full of dead spiders this week. And I find... For me, that's what the word of God is like. It's like my glasses. I've got to put them on. I've got to put this in me. I've got to put them on to be able to determine and to see what I couldn't see before. And you cannot deal with something that you cannot see. And you cannot take ground somewhere where your view is obstructed. So it's our responsibility as people in God to go, where are my blind spots? How do I move from small thinking to big thinking? How do I grow my faith capacity? And I'm going to tell you one thing today, one thing that is going to enable you to see. Not three things, but one thing that's the most important thing from me to you in all my years of being a believer. And that's this. One thing is to position yourself. One thing. You position yourself where you can see. Now, you're going, well, where is that? And I'm going to tell you. On Route 89, in the Grand Canyon, up Yosemite, wherever you want to go, in Switzerland, wherever you go, where there are amazing heights and depths, um, the best viewing platforms are always marked out for you. You go along the windy road, and it will say, best viewing platform, or inspirational point, or... Ooh, place, you know, somewhere where you're going to be able to see an amazing view. It's marked out for you because someone, someone has chosen and decided and made a, a space and said, this is it. This is the best view you're going to get is here. Yeah. So everyone gathers there because they get out they What can they go? Okay, I don't need to look. I know it's a big signpost. This is where we gather to see the great vantage point and to see the view. It's where we come together. It's your vista point. And it's called Church where everyone gathers, where God has put a big signpost in your life through the word of God saying, church is where you're going to get your vista point, where you're going to see for your life. Church is where Jesus is the head of his body. And when I got saved at 15, I knew, I knew that I couldn't separate Jesus from his church. If I take Jesus, I take his church, because he's the head of it. Who am I to say, I'll take you, Jesus, but I don't want to be in church? And there have been years where I have said, I'll take you, Jesus, but not your church. But... I've had a heart after God that said, God, don't lead me in that way everlasting. Search me and see if there's any grieving way in me that will cause me to not love your church and deal with it in me. Keep my heart right. And so that's what I've attempted to do. And so, But what what happens is some people see that sign. They see that sign that says Vista Point and they go, no. No, I found a better Vista Point. I don't want to be where everyone gathers because the last time I went to where everyone gathers, they were too loud, they were rude, they didn't see me, they trod on my foot. I prefer being on my own because when I look out at a view, I want to be on my own and not with everybody else. So what they do is they take off and they go and find another little track that looks like it's going to be a good vista point where everyone else is gathered over here going, ooh, ah, that's amazing. They're trying to find their way And they get stuck, or they fall off the cliff, or they get stuck in mud, or they get attacked by mosquitoes, or they're on their own and they're lonely because they chose not to walk the direction of the signpost where God goes, this is the vantage point, it's the house of God. And I hate the thought of anyone, and I've seen many people leave the spiritual covering of church and try and find their own vista point on their own and get lost on the way when that was never God's intention. And you have to do life and go through the stuff and the seasons, but know that it's here that your blind spots are going to be removed. It's positioning yourself and your whole family. People bring your kids into church, bring your teenagers into church. It's the best place for them. You position your family in the house of God. And I found that when my blind spots have been removed, I'm more fruitful because... I've been stuck in areas I haven't realized, and when they're released in me, there's fruit in my life because I've stepped out into what God's called me to do. So I just want to go through a few things here as to why we do what we do in church, because the reason church is magnificent It's not just this meeting on a Sunday. It's the togetherness. It's the power of Jesus unifying us as him being the head. He loves this church. It's his bride. Every local church, the bride of Christ, set apart and appointed and equipped to reach the lost, to change this city, to change this nation. It's absolutely incredible. So we determine intentionally to create a culture here where you can see. And that will be confronting. Confronting. Because if we're not confronted, we're never confronted with a blind spot. And I'm not trying to do that to you. I want the Holy Spirit to do it to you. But you've got to be open to it. We are here to help you see by faith. That's why we preach faith. Why do we preach faith? Because we want you to see. We want to see beyond your fear, beyond your your pride, beyond your experience, and go, by faith, I will see my life that God is able. We do everything we can. I'll do things that I don't feel like doing because I want to go to faith, because I know that my feelings are irrelevant half the time, because I'm a woman, and because I'm a human, and so, yeah, all the girls did a little bit of a laugh there. Why, why do we preach God is for you? Why do, we, why do we preach God is for you? Romans 2, 4 says, don't you see, Paul says, don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his Kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. I want you to know that God's for you. I want you to know how patient and loving. I want you to see that, which is why we preach God is for you and not against you. Which is why we preach there's grace over your life when you make a mistake because God will pick you up and we're here for you. It's why we preach God is for you. Why do we move in the Holy Spirit? Why do we move in the prophetic? Because we want the Spirit of God to show us things that we cannot see. We want. We want him to set us free internally so that we can see a hope and a future. We move in the prophetic so that we can see that God has got something better for us. We can see what we're moving toward. That's why we do it. We're not just do it because we do it. There's a reason behind everything that we do. Why do we do tithing offerings and messages every week? So that you can see that money can become an idol. And it can hold you back in small thinking. We want you to see that God is number one, that God is okay with, with, with not okay, he's, of course he's okay, um, but, it, but you can feel okay because God's got a hold on a covering of your finances when you give to him. It's beautiful. Why do we preach the whole word of God as the truth? Because we want you to discern right from wrong. There's a lot of people out there, preachers out there, books out there that are amazing. But there's a lot that's a load of crap. And you have to know the truth. Paul says Paul says to um, to Timothy, he says there's people that are going to come along into the believers' lives. And they're going to come and try and steal them away and give them false doctrine. And people will walk away from sound doctrine. And he says, and I don't want that. I want you to preach the truth in season, out of season, so people know what the Word of God says. God, that's why we do it. So you can see right from wrong. Why do we teach you to be in church regularly? What do we say? Not because we want your bum on a seat. Not because it's like, yay, pretty face. It's lovely to see you. We want you to see that you are a belonger. When you became saved, you belong. We want you to see that you have a place in church life. That you are called to be planted and rooted. We want you to see that there is a covering over this church. That when you sit here, you are covered by prayer and by pastoral care. And we want you to see that and not be one who tries to find their own vista point. Not that We we don't want you to all conform and look the same here. Whoa. No. We want you to be creatively unique. But unity, unity is absolutely flipping powerful. And that's where we're going. We want you to see. We want you to come to vision builders, not because... Um, we just want to have a party and we want to exhaust very with organizing everything. And no, we want you to see that you're a kingdom builder and that your divine future is connected to you building a vision bigger than yours. It's powerful. Flip, it's powerful. The devil shakes when you get involved in vision builders. Why, why, why do we get, uh, focus on groups? Be in a group, be in a group, be in a group. I so we want you to see that your life becomes purposeful and beautiful in the context of other believers who are together, that they may speak into your life and show you things that you might not like. We sh- iron sharpens iron, but that's what we're here for. You will see the potential of yourself when you sit in a group. You will see the needs of other people, not just your own needs, when you sit in an amazing group. Why do we do Next Step Pathways? At regularly, Like, let's take our next step so that you can see your next step. So you can see that serving God is an expression. You can see God is an expression, of serving is an expression of your love for Jesus. It's not just about doing a job. It's about serving Jesus in the best way that you can. And, and I love the stories that we hear. I was reading one from Miriam Bronquist the other day on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, please do. Great serving stories and her saying, you know, like, Serving has helped me see, see that this is my family. It's helped me to see. It's a short, she probably could tell you a whole hour about that, but that's my version of it. To see, why do we spotlight marriage and parenting, which we're doing a marriage seminar tomorrow night, not too late to sign up. Why do we do that? Because we want you to see that God's got a beautiful plan for your marriage and parenting, and that you can work through issues and come out the other side. We want you to see hope in your marriage and your parenting. We want you to see see that that that, that there are others around you that struggle too. We want you to see why do we why do we draw every moment in a minute to a response time? So that we can all see that we have to make a decision. Why do we build a positive feedback culture in teams so that we can see what we can't see by ourselves? Why do we, why do, we do one hour? Why, I've got two minutes. Why do we... You can have the band up. That's awesome. Um, I can see. I can see that I'm nearly running out of time. <laughs> why, do we, why do we do one hour? Why do, we, why do we have an hour of prayer? And why do we speak in tongues? And why do we do it? We're building a culture that says we want you to see... The power of intercession, the power of prayer, the power of seeing miracles. It's beautiful. Why do, we, why do we say, hold on to your devotional world? Spend time with Jesus every week, every day. Why do we say, get on your knees before him? Spend time reading his word, as Louis said today, taking out rest, because we want you to see that Jesus can transform your life. We want you to see how much he loves you. And deeply wants to connect with you. Why do we why do we have a C through European gathering and say, come on, come on. Because we want you to see you're part of not just C three Amsterdam or mirror and the whole multi-site we're doing. You're part of a bigger thing, guys. It's a beautiful movement that I would not be standing here, honestly, without. Oh, I want you to see it. I want you to see you're part of something bigger and you're a vital part of something bigger. You won't see it. You'll be going, oh, I don't see that. Exactly. That's why you need to get that. Because then you'll go, whoa, I'm seeing something I never saw before. You won't see it till you position yourself. And I tell you what, there are things I wished I'd flipping done 20 years ago to position myself to see that took me an extra 10 years. And I look back and go, why didn't someone just kick me up the backside and say, do that? Position yourself now in your twenties because then you have a greater sight and vision in your forties. And that's what I'm here to do for you. Why do we why do I impassion about beautiful minds for women? Because I want every woman to see their identity in Christ and to not be trapped by a devil who tries to bring us down and close our eyes and take us to the negative and put us in the shadows and make us weak and insecure and comparing with other women. No, I've created it because I want you to see the magnificent Spirit of God that's inside of you. Peter, 2 Peter one nine. Peter says this. He says, he's talking, it's a beautiful scripture. I don't have time to, to go through it, but he's he's talking about people who, he says, he says, when you come to Christ, you get everything you need. Everything you need for life and godliness, it's all there. The power of God, the ability to remove yourself and push, push away the world's culture, to stand strong. And he says, but, but you've got to develop this divine nature in you. You've got to add to it. You've got to add to it goodness and self control and perseverance, because then you're going to be an effective person. When he says this, he says, But, but those who fail to develop in that way are short sighted and blind. They're forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. And he goes on to say, I will not stop till the day I die, reminding you and telling you who you are. So you don't forget, so you don't go blind as the man or the woman you've been called to become. And that's us, church. That's me and Steve. That's the heart of this church. It's the culture we build is to help you intentionally become a bigger person that you, you, you climb higher in your walk with God to see a vantage point, but you don't do it alone. We do this thing together because together we build unity and together we take ground in the most ridiculous way. We're on the precipice, precipice of that today. We're taking ground tonight. And you may not see what we're doing, but I encourage you to go to God this week and get a bigger vision for where we're going and get excited I want us to stand right now as we close and uh, I, want, I want us to do something I, I, I heard somebody say this the other day and it stopped me in my tracks actually it was probably the catalyst for this preach and somebody said stop asking God to give you more and ask him to enable you to see more and you know when somebody says one line and you're like oh it's really tweetable" and you tweet it and, but it doesn't actually hit you It's just cute. It smacks me somewhere. (laughs) Oh, like, oh, God, how often do I ask you to give me more when you've already given it to me? Anyway, that's what the book of Peter says. He's given it to you, but I have to see it. I have to have the eyes of my heart enlightened to see what God's already given me. So I want you now to close your eyes or keep them open, whatever you want to do, but just reach out to God and in your heart make a decision that you are going to seek Him to see and not just ask Him what you think you want or what you need because you've been given it. You need the eyes of your heart to be wide open because if you're here today and you know Jesus, He's given you everything inside of you. It's your responsibility with the Holy Spirit to tap into it. You're an amazing, supernatural, but flawed human. You are weak, but you are strong. And God wants to show you your strength by removing the blinders from your eyes. So I pray, Spirit of God, right now over this place in Jesus' name that you would enable us to see that when there's a narrative in people's heads of of going, oh, no, I can't, it's too late, I've got this in my life and this in my life, God, just silence that chatter in your head right now and say, God, enable me to see what I haven't seen before, that I'm committed to you to come into my heart and to... Show me my ways and my... Beh-
0: well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him and today I want to invite you to come back to him or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven and so I want to lead you in a prayer right now and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me and then straight after this prayer I would love you to do something for me but hey let's pray right now dear God I thank you for Jesus I thank you that he died for me I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. and So I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus and we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.